get ready to match the stars. This is Game Shows, I Suppose. everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that i know something about game shows i suppose i am your host jordan haas and yes i'm also a bona fide liar there is no stars today this is a uh, game shows i suppose solo session mostly because i'm lonely and no one wants to talk game shows with me well as this is all pre-recorded well, well, months into advance, I guess. There's nothing better to do than just continue with our 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Stack the Deck. Premier date, Bob Barker era, October 9th, 2006, 3711K. Finale date, Bob Barker era, May 30th, 2007, 4013K. Premier date with Drew Carey, February 20th, 2008, 4213K. <clears throat> Stack the Deck is a game where car, uh, played for a car with six grocery items where three match the displayed price. The contestant shown seven different digits in the style of playing cards. Ooh, five of which are the digits in the price of a car. The contestant is then shown has an ability to stack the deck in their favor and receive up to three digits in the price of the car in their correct positions. The contestant is shown three pairs of grocery items, one at a time. Each pair has a price displayed, and the contestant must select the item that correctly corresponds to the price. Which one of these is $2.79? Here is uh, a can of cat food and some Lysol spray. Which one is $4.13? For each correct answer, the contestant may choose any of the digits in the card's price to be revealed. The corresponding card is then put in its proper slot. So 10,000, thousand, hundreds, tens, or even the ones. After the three prices are have been guessed, the contestant must fill in the remaining slots correctly using the remaining cards to win the car. The card price is then revealed by flipping over the game tile. The ideal strategy for this game is to ask for the third position, fourth position, and fifth position cards. Assuming the grocery portion is played perfectly, the game is ultimately becomes guessing the thousands part of the card's price. Kind of like Balance Game, which we just played. On the game is the very first playing on October 9th, 2006. It was won right away for... for blah, 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 blah. 
Beginning on September 24th, 2009, the number of cars were in numerical order. From until June 16th, 2009, the planes were in a mixed order. On January 23rd, 2015, a new screen graphic was introduced with the picture of the contestant between the pictures of grocery items. With this change, the prices of both items have been seen simultaneously. Since then, the game needs to start up and be played no earlier than third. This game was created by Bart Eskander, who was the uh, former then current director of the show. So that's right, folks. You too. If you're a director for for the pricing prices right, you can create your own pricing game. On March 3rd, 2015, a former prices right contestant on October 29th, 1996, Marfa played Dice Game and Lost, ended up on the showcase and won her showcase, played this game, also lost, and didn't make it to the showcase. On January 11th, 2016, contestant named Rochelle got one grocery correct and wanted a fifth number, which was a four. Needing the first four numbers, she correctly guessed the correct price, 21834 and one. On January 22nd, 2019, the bottom right angle triangles have been changed from black to yellow. Stack the deck has been won 28 times. Most recent happened February 3rd, 2020. The most number of times it was playing in any season was 19. Uh, Bart Eskin creates Scott the Deck. Stack the Deck is similarities with Pass the Buck, two for the price of one. W- card game, three strikes, pick a number. This price, the, the note is, however, the price of the card cannot have any repeating digits. So I, I think this game is one that I find a little confusing sometimes, but I see why it's played. I kind of wish they would flip the uh, the cards with the, st- with the stack, but I see why they don't. Uh, basically it's kind of like any number if any number was played with seven with three digits removed from play altogether and we're telling you what's in what position like that's about it uh if if you get grocery items right i kind of wish uh the uh the cards would be uh easier for the contestant to show point and put up uh instead of like where it is now where it's just this big tray and you have to put it on top of like a shelf on on the set but when i do the big price reveal that's when i think the game is pretty fun um but honestly i i would say of some of the more recent pricing games this one i just don't enjoy as much uh me i would try my best because i feel like you playing the grocery game perfectly you got your three it, it should have like a real stack like odds are in your favor second chance maybe or kind of because like think of games like cover up you can keep playing as long as you get one number right so if as long as you play the game perfectly you can get up to a 50 50 shot with a game like uh master key as long as you can play it perfectly and get guaranteed one prize and not necessarily the car with stack the deck you can play the game perfectly and you will be left with four digits and that's not really going to be easy for you to figure it out, especially if it's like one, two, uh, three, and a six. Because then you're like, is this twenty one thousand? Is this sixteen thousand? Is this is this is this you know is this thirty one thousand? Is this thirteen thousand? Is a really cheap Kia? It and to me, I think that's that's kind of why I don't really like stack the deck. You create, at the best, a one-in-four shot at winning if you play the grocery p- place correctly. 
I, I, and plus, what if you don't get that last digit correctly? It could be a six, it could be a nine, it could be a four, it could be a five, it could be a zero. And that can also be a crapshoot. Because then you're playing, is it, is it like 35 or 30? And it's just, ugh. To me, I don't, that's why I don't like this, this game so much. I wish it was kind of played kind of like, uh, second chance kind of game like you you put the numbers in in the row the buzzer hits oh tough luck uh you will get to see how many you have right if you get the grocery items correct and in what position and then you have three tries at it at best something like that would have probably been better but eh, maybe that would make it easier to win the car uh, i i also think this probably needs a better package but that's just me Next time on the Price Game Spotlight, the the game known as More or Less. Hey friends, it's Jordan Haas. Welcome to Game Shows I Suppose. The podcast about the one thing I know something about Game Shows I Suppose. Uh, I think I don't even know what time of day it is. Let me see. It's 2 a.m. Fuck. As I'm recording this, it's 2 a.m. As everyone knows, I'm recording this in blocks because I wanted to talk about my favorite game shows of all time. And I guess I lost track of time on this. Wow. Um... Anyway, I, this is this is strange to me. Uh, I guess I'm going to say, hey, what's up? Uh, this is the match game episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Uh, match game, look, I it's not that I hate it, but I don't love it either. So if this is up on the main feed, okay. If this is up on the Patreon, so be it. I still don't know where to take this. Because for me, Match Game is a game show that people enjoy, but I rarely got into. I think it's because when it comes to Match Game, it's like a, it's, it's fun because it's fill in the blank on the obvious joke and wordplay. But at the same time most of the casting when it came to celebrities kind of weren't good now i i, I want to just like hold back slightly i think like when it came to the 70s version of match game with gene rayburn no that was actually pretty good because you had like the top because it to me it's, it was always like a very fun position you had in first position you always had like the star at the time. Like you, you had like a Burt Convy, for instance. Then second position, third position is iconic things like Charles Nelson Riley and Brett Summers. Charles Nelson Riley and Brett Summers 
are like a powerhouse couple, perfect dual things from Charles Nelson Riley's like flamboyant behavior and mannerisms and silly, great dry wit that everyone, if it's like, unless you remember like say Richard Dawson in the fifth chair, you know, Charles Nelson Riley and Brett Summers. Cause while Charles Nelson Riley is just very over the top, Brett is just like the theater person who is just also acting like the, the, I just say nagging because I feel like, well, that's because she's a woman and all that other kind of, you know, old timey relationship character guys. Like the women are always complaining. Am I right, fellas? But Brett Summers always was like a dignified, like if, if, Charles was a party animal. Brett was like, I'm taking the cocktail and I'm going to take it home. Like she had real Carrie Fisher energy when Carrie Fisher was still doing like Star Wars. And I was there for that. I think when I watch Match Game, I'm there for Brett and Charles. I I'm not there for like Richard Dawson or Gene Rayburn or the jokes. Because that was like a very fun like couple, like a relationship. And it's just like, oh, there's my crazy aunt and uncle all over again. And that's and I and to me that's what brings a smile to my face. And they can replicate that in any other version. And that's why I hate it. Then you get the fourth position, which is always like a cute lady and it's like I, I misread the question or I'm being like I don't wanna say I don't want to say sex or penis or butt or boobs, so I'm going to say like, like uh, milk. I'm going to say butterfly, and that's like the fanny flag position. And I think that's become a, a recurring gag: is no one wants to be in the fanny flag position of the show. Because when you're in the fanny flag position, you're seen as the ditzy one. You're seen as the idiot, and. Fanny Flag is not an idiot, by the way. She's a very distinguished actress, very fun, very cute at the time. People loved her, so that's like that's also where Betty White was too, because she was trying to be the distinguished, uh, bring it back home kind of. I well, I don't know. Then you get to number five, which is Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson is the expert in match game because he can read the room. And he can pretty much figure out what the obvious joke is. So odds are you can easily match Richard Dawson because he knows what the obvious joke is. If you paid attention to the clue, you can win the show based solely on Richard Dawson. As he just leans back, drives wit, brings up working at Hogan's Heroes, and then goes like, Well, you see, um, Tarzan said to Jane... um, well, if you're going to bring a banana, uh, I can peel it with my blank. And then it's like mouth. Because you want to do like an oral joke. And then you like, oh, that's funny. And then you get the sixth chair. Well, fourth position was I'm playing it safe. And first was like an everyday answer. Six is always going to be either a far out goofy as balls answer that will not make sense, but is very funny, or it's a even more raunchier version of what they're looking for. So it'd be like tongue or something. 
If you've never seen Match Game before, or in other countries, blankety blank, it works like this. There are two contestants, one in a triangle, one in a circle. They're not living in a fucking triangle or a circle. That's their shape. That's their avatar is these shapes. And uh, typically, it's just women. Why? Because they get to blush and they, oh, I don't want to say penis on TV, but that's the way to win. Ha 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 jokes. They have a choice between A or B in round one. They get a fill in the blank question. Uh, Here are some famous match game questions right now. Donald Trump has created a new Olympic event. He knows he can win. It's a contest to see who can blank the most times in 60 seconds. Mick Jagger said, they asked me to write a jingle for Viagra. I'm calling it, I can't get no blank. Get it? Because he's old. Donald Trump's a liar. Get it? Shaquille O'Neal is so big. How big is he? Because you got to do that because it's questions. You have to go like, dumb door is so dumb. How dumb is she? Shaquille O'Neal is so big. How big is he? That when he was a baby, he couldn't be delivered by the stork. So he had to be delivered by blank. Leonardo da Vinci said, that Mona Lisa is such a pain. The only way I can get her to smile is to tickle her with my blank. And of course you'll get, then everyone has to like try and, and write down an answer. All six of the stars would write down an answer to the Leonardo da Vinci said that Mona Lisa is such a pain. The only way I can get her to smile is to tickle her with my blank. Everyone locks in an answer. The one and only answer. And then we got to the contestant. Uh, feather. Because they're just like tickled. Tickle people with feather, right? So feather. That then causes the host, Gene Rayburn or any of the others, to basically glance in a 40-yard stare like, what? No. Okay. Tickle. You tickle people with feathers. All right. So... What'd you write down? Paintbrush, paintbrush, paintbrush. Oh, no matches so far with these three. Hey, what'd you write down? Paintbrush. Oh, sorry. What'd you write down? Paintbrush. Oh, no match. Maybe that was what you were supposed to put on. And what did you put down? Mall stick. Okay. That was uh, weird. Anyway, here's yours. Here's your question. Nicki Minaj said, My smart car is so small. How small is it? I can't fit my whole body in it. I have to drive with my blank out the window. And now you have to think, What feature of Nicki Minaj is very big? Ass and tits. That's the joke. Like, a lot of these are the modern Alec Baldwin, which is close to what you can get to classic 70s match game. But most of those questions are kind of the same no matter the generation. Uh, from the 1999 version with Michael Berger, 
to the 1990 version run, uh, played by Ross Schaefer to, of course, the original Gene Rayburn version. But I got a flashback to Match Game way, way back because you see, if it wasn't for Match Game, there wouldn't be Family Feud. We talked about this in the Family Feud episode. This was basically the Family Feud surveys stem from Match Game. But I'm not talking about this match game. I'm talking about the very first, the very original match game. I got to take you back all the way to the original one when it was called the match game back in the year 1962 on NBC Daytime. In match game in the original 1960s version, Gene Rayburn was still the host. But the gimmick was now there was... One head captain that was a celebrity, and two that were civilian contestants. And that means there were two teams of three people, and it was quote unquote a game of judgment. Now, when Gene Rayburn would ask a question, it wouldn't be like a classic match game question, like Dumb Dora is so dumb she threw a blank out the window to see time fly. No, no, no. These were basically family feud surveys name something you have in a picnic basket name a fruit you give a teacher name a position in a marching band that those were the questions and they were very very dull questions boring in fact and the idea was that if you got to match the civilians you got the money and whoever had the most points wins and gets the money and goes on to play an audience match. There were three secret survey questions, so each question with the best answer being worth $50, and you can win. So it's 50 100 $150, so you get 450 bucks, so you can split with the team. And it was always pulled with 100 people or fewer, as it were. And if it sounds boring, it was. Name something Santa puts in a Christmas stocking. That's the question. These are very obvious family feud surveys nowadays. Name uh, like name a place you go on a first date. But imagine with little comedy involved. And Gene Rayburn trying to add comedy, but he really couldn't interject into it. So... NBC kind of gave him a call and went, yeah, you only have like two weeks left. You're not going to be picked up for another season, so you should just wrap this up. And, oh, okay. So, Match Game became something a little different. As this very boring version would happen, question writers would suddenly just start doing more innuendo. One of the most famous ones uh, was written. We had a person by the name of Dick DiBartolo, who I really wanted to have a feature in other episodes, but I will say that because he was a game show writer in the 60s, he was writing for a lot of burying rights and goods and Todman and match game. He was an original staffer. When the show was getting canceled by NBC in the final weeks, DiBartolo was credited with coming up with the silly and suggestive questions at the time. Uh, for instance, Mary liked to put blank on his ma- on Billy's mashed potatoes. 
and it was like supposed to be a little silly double entendre kind of things that it added more silly to the show and dick bartolo uh the bartolo uh he has a background in mad magazine he was mad's maddest writer so he was the guy who wrote all of those snappy answers to silly questions and was mad magazine at the peak of mad magazine while still writing for game shows and doing match game with these silly irrelevant questions and gene rayburn would start blushing and laughing and funny enough this show would get uncanceled and it would still get picked up because oh wait this is very silly at the time of this 1960s match game in new york where gene rayburn is the show on NBC would be like, well, I don't, I don't know. But what happened was the show ended, but it got picked up as a new game show on CBS called Match Game. They brought back Match Game with a new tweaked format where instead of the celebrity captains matching civilians and it's all being a big group of who can agree with each other, it became something different. Now the celebrities are the big panel and the contestants have to match the stars. And while he was still in New York and they were filming in L.A., he got to basically mail in those questions in Los Angeles. Dick B. Tortolo is basically Match Game. He was the vision behind Match Game at this entire time. So any sort of weird dumb door is so dumb... Or Dracula said, uh, I sucked your blank or something silly like that. Uh, He had the vision for Match Game. He was the eye of Match Game. And he deserves a lot of credit. And was writing, even when they did spinoffs like the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Which I guess I can talk about in this episode. Even though it could also work for the Hollywood Squares episode. Uh, As well as the 90s version with Ross Schaefer. Um... And most people these days will know that he, even though he's Mad Magazine's funniest writer and and people acknowledge him with Mad Magazine, because I love Mad Magazine as well. One of my favorite publications growing up, because I'm a dumb idiot baby. (laughs) And for others, it's the Gizwiz, especially in modern days with This Week in Tech and Leo Laporte and Technology. Dick made a name of himself for his love of gadgets. Since the 60s and 70s, when he was a writer on Mad Magazine, he would love cameras, he would love new equipment, he would love new types of phones, he would check out computers, he would go to gadget expos in the 80s and the 70s and 90s. He knew what the Macintosh was. He knew what the new trends were in technology. And it's kind of fun to see that uh he's he's able to multitask he can do funny parody satire political satire he can do match game which is very irrelevant countercultural funny fill in the blank questions he's able to do gadgets and and talk about gadgets especially now in podcasting and live streams and one of the biggest ones that i i remember and this is just a personal anecdote for me, uh, was uh, in 2012, August 2012. Um, I remember I was trying to come in terms of my bisexuality. Uh, 
and in 2012 was kind of when it's like I can come out, I can feel happy. One of those many reasons was reading an article about Dick DiBartolo because game shows, gadgets, Mad Magazine, comedy, one of my favorite things. And hearing the news that he got to marry his, his lifelong best friend for 32 years, Dennis, and it's like he he is openly gay. He got married. He had that personal connection not just to like his partner but to the audience and for me looking at that i hate to do like a parasocial thing but i was looking at dick going like he was able to do comedy he worked at mad magazine he got to work on game shows and he has this nice side talent of knowing everything about gadgets and gizmos and new technology and going on good morning america talking about must have gadgets for the year and he has like one of the happiest chippers attitudes. I have never seen him have a like a worse day in his life. So I was like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Not trying to say like I want to be him, but in a way of like, well, if it's possible for him, certainly that's possible for me. And that's when I was able to understand myself better and, and come to terms because I love comedy writing. I love game shows. And I have a whole lot other things that I enjoy. Technology is also one of them. That it's great that I got to read the story of Dick. And it's like, this is this is everything. To me, this is the show. And Match Game, while it's like, to me, in, in a game show... Because to me, it really is just like, you say the obvious joke. I think Commissioner Gordon said, I think Batman and Robin are blank. Gay. Ha ha. And, and like, that's the joke. If It's very cards against humanity. It's like, go for the obvious joke. And while it's like, to me, that's the show, and that's why people love the show, because, oh, you said the silly thing and filled in the blank and it's irrelevant. For me, there's a lot more that went on with this show that makes me appreciate the show more than just like dumb Dora jokes and maybe fat guy jokes and other sort of obvious joke jokes. It's the people behind the scenes. It's Gene Rayburn. There is a book out of Venus Road about the matchless Gene Rayburn, which you can buy on Amazon right now. And it's a fantastic read about the history of Gene Rayburn's career. Uh, the time of match game and his ability to feel like, am I really want to be a game show host? And there's a lot of things that I, I, when I look at it, it's like match game is really like uh, the, the, the weakest game show f- like format out there. Cause someone's job as a judge is to try and see if you, if someone wrote jackass because they were trying to go for an obvious donkey means jackass joke, a donkey jackass joke, and someone wrote down butt or bum or booty, someone's job on the show is, well, is that close to what they were looking for? Is that really their intention? Was that like what we were looking for? And they have to go or bing on the, on the contestants in the podiums. To me, that's kind of what made the match game work. And I, I, I think that's match game in a nutshell is essentially just fill in the comedy joke with the funny answer. And 
watching Match Game 70s or Match Game 73, 74, 75, or Match Game PM, for instance, you get like a very fun vibe. Because it's basically, can you match the stars? You have two attempts to match the stars. For every star you, you match, you get one point, and you don't get to match them in round two. So it's the best of, of getting all six. If you can get through all six with two fill-in-the-blank clues, you go on. In the event of a tie, like a 3-3, a 4-4, a 5-5, or a perfect of a 6-6, they go a tiebreaker where they erase the scores, and you got to just get as many as you can on one final silly joke clue back and forth. In the event of a tie on that, we are on our third tie. The rules are reversed, where there is one fill-in-the-blank, and now the contestants have to write down their response, and then we go down the line with each of the six celebrities to give a funny answer. And if it's one of the contestants' responses, they win. That's the show. Whoever wins gets to go on to the Super Match game, which I will actually argue actually makes a good format. So, as we move on to Match Game, and we go into this great format of Match the Stars, if you matched all six, you go on, basically. It's almost a key to victory. You go to Super Match. And this is where the show really shines because it's a precursor to match game. We polled a we polled a studio audience not too long ago and asked them to give their best answer to this. First blank, F I R S T. If you can give us the third most popular answer, you will get one hundred dollars. Bing. Second most popular answer will give you two hundred fifty dollars. Bing. But if you give me the most popular answer, you'll get $500. Bing! Or in the case of the modern version, $5,000, $3,000, or $2,000, depending on if you have first, second, or third place. Now, you don't get to, you don't get to, you get some help. You get to call on any of the six celebrities on stage to help you out in giving a clue. So you get three pieces of advice. First blank. First prize. Another one. First date. And another one. First in line. All right. So you got first date, first prize, first in line. You can go with any of those three answers, or you can go with your own. And of course, they'll probably pick like something like first prize or first date. And then we reveal the answers. What's the $100 response? Oh, it's first mate. Oh, like like in the Navy. Oh, that's, wow, first mate. What's the uh, $200 response? First prize hey you said that we're looking for a first date uh show us first date bing 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 and that's the number one answer on family feud or in this case the top answer on this so you win the 500 dollars. congratulations you won 500 dollars, and now you have a chance to get 10 times that amount or five thousand dollars kablink by matching one celebrity in a head-to-head match who will it be and of course, they would most likely pick Richard Dawson because Richard Dawson reads the room and knows what the number one answer is most of the time because, once again, he's Richard Dawson and he's smart. So they go with Richard Dawson. All right. For $5,000, Vice blank. Vice blank. The contestant's facing Gene Rayburn and the wall. And then you see Richard Dawson write down an answer. Dramatic bounce. Can we actually like, play some of that music right now? I kind of like that music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Full snap. 
Vice blank V I C E and then the blank. Alright. Richard is still scribbling. Vice blank. And then a bing and then oh okay. Richard's locked it in for five thousand dollars. Vice blank. President. Well, Richard, what did you write down? Well, you know, I never I lived in Britain, so I kinda didn't really have like a vice president. I know there's things like vice principals, but I know it's a vice president, and then you hear the ding a ding a ding and then the match game music plays. You won five thousand dollars. And you come back with two more with a new con opponent right after this. And we keep going. And they keep playing match game. And the show would just rinse repeat with that five thousand dollars. Now in PM versions and alternate versions, they would play two versions of the Super Match game where they would get 5000 and then they'd play another one to make an even 1000 making a total $10,000. In later runs, uh, because of politicking, because you got to remember, my favorite is Charles Nelson Reilly and Brett Summers. You would see a lot of the celebrities get upset because it's Richard Dawson. So, oh, I guess you got to pick Richard. Okay, I guess you got to pick Richard. So to make things a little more quirky, they decided to introduce the star wheel. They get to spin the big wheel. Almost, and it has the same kind of beep, 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 beep as the name that tune wheel. Um with the idea being, you get to pick the the wheel gets to stop on a celebrity, and if it lands on any of these special sections with the little star attached, you get to double your money. So you're not playing for five thousand, you're playing for ten thousand dollars. And we're like, wow, we that's great. So in the very first instance, they introduced the star wheel. Let's give the wheel a spin for the interest of fairness. Beep, 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 beep. All right, Richard Dawson. That caused, as a joke, everyone to leave the set except for Richard Dawson. But that made for interesting, funny television because it's a joke, fun show, silly, silly. And Richard Dawson was starting to get, like most content creators, a little burnt out on Match Game. I don't want to keep writing boobs and butts and... I. I just want to host a game show. Can I get a game show? And that's what caused Family Feud to end up being in the rotation. Apparently, William Shatner was going to be one of the original hosts of Family Feud. But did Dawson decided to stab him in the back to get the show himself. To be fair, it's Dawson. And he's a great host and wonderful presentation. You got to think with the way he has charismatic stuff and the way he can read the room and understand what audiences are saying. He was a good fit in the 70s and the early 80s. And it got me wondering here, because of Richard Dawson leaving Match Game for Family Feud, was that the death spiral for Match Game? Because now without Richard Dawson, you had you still had Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Reilly, but... They were kind of not there on rotation, too. So sometimes you had different people as well, and the chemistry was a little off. So that meant that, oh, I guess we're not going to 
really see that same chemistry. That I think the show ended up going a little south, if that makes sense, like a little, a little turbulence. So the show was basically stagnant, emptied out for two years, and got revived as the award-winning Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. That's right, Match Game and Hollywood Squares is back for a full hour of fun. No, 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 not like Wheel and Jeopardy where it's two separate game shows and it's an hour block. No, it's an actual game show where we hybrid Match Game and Hollywood Squares. Yeah, why? So in Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour... The qualifying game was Match Game with six of the celebrities booked to be on that day, one of which was the host of Hollywood Squares, Bowser. No, I'm not talking about the dinosaur from the Mushroom Kingdom. No, I'm talking about Bowser from the band Sha Na Na of the 80s. Remember Sha Na Na? Anyway, it's kind of weird seeing that John Bauman a.k.a. Bowser from Shauna Na would host the Hollywood Square segment while Gene Rayburn would reprise his role as host of Match Game. And the rules of Match Game was still the same. Match the stars. Whoever gets the most stars matched after two rounds will advance to play Hollywood Squares instead of doing the Super Match Game. Why? Fuck if I know. I don't know. So then we get to the Hollywood Squares game with John Bauman from Sha Na Na. I'll keep in mind, this is the Sha Na Na guy. Why am I keep saying Bowser from Sha Na Na? Because at the time, Sha Na Na was kind of like a band that was relevant in the 80s. And if you were thinking, why would the Sha Na Na guy do Hollywood Squares when he's been doing a lot of celebrity shows? Why not a music show? Why not a music game show? If there was a, a na- why do, couldn't he do Name That Tune? Why couldn't he get, like, keynotes or another music-based show? He gets Hollywood Squares. Now, this version of Hollywood Squares differs from various versions of Hollywood Squares. We're not going to get to that until we actually talk about Hollywood Squares sometime in the near future. That being said, what if we didn't do the funny pre-written jokes on the questions? What if we actually just went it straight forward? Wouldn't that be fun? You know, let's ask celebrities trivia questions and if three possible answers and then agree, disagree. With, of course, the center square being Gene Rayburn. Gene Rayburn would be in the Hollywood squares as John Bauman would be doing the hosting for Hollywood squares. After a few games... Because there was like a weird scoring mechanism where you win money for each square. If you're wrong, they get the money in the square and you can win by default and all this other stuff. If they win, they get to they get to keep the money and go on to super match. So now we re- we return to super match where we polled an audience not too long ago to give their best response to this. The number one is worth a thousand, second most popular worth five hundred, and the third worth two fifty. You get to keep that money no matter what. But now to make it even more fun, you get to pick one of the nine celebrities to do a head to head match with. Four of them have ten times the amount like in the old days. Four have twenty times the amount like in a holy smokes, twenty thousand dollars could be won. 
and one is 30,000 because it's a 30,000 so it's exciting i guess because one of the nine at random has 30 uh raper and then read one final phrase you know like short blank and and have to fill in the blank if they're right they get the money and if they're not they don't uh regardless of what happens they would get to return to hollywood squares to play again why is that's how it works you get to play five times and then we rinse repeat anyway i'm still trying to find an episode of the pop and rocker game because i assume that was a much better game show because that was music based and that's john bauman um anyway the show flopped it it's a flop and kind of we even though it had 191 episodes hard to find it because game shows are half hours and these are an hour long and you never really saw any revival of it. it never aired really on on gsn never really aired anywhere else until buzzer like recently like three years ago would put up episodes of the match came hollywood squares hour suddenly the game show community is like oh my god these episodes gotta record them it's okay the only fun part is knowing that one of the the theme song to the show is now like a car cue on the price is right that's kind of to me a good takeaway for match game hollywood squares hour is hey do 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 is is in a game show that's a little better than this and it fizzles out and you think okay it's the 80s gene rayburn well he gets a few other games like break the bank along the way but there's really no game shows like the match game is gone no room until six six years later in america when it would become Match Game Again. The pilot was with Burt Convy of Super Password fame. Iconic man featuring a nice afro and a nice demeaning and personality. Um, but then it became Ross Schaefer. And they changed the rules of Match Game. And now I have to explain the rules of the new Match Game. They get a clue. They get to pick A or B with the six celebrities. They're all new because this is the early 90s. It's all funny things like Rolling Stones are so old, they say I can't get no satisfaction. Oh, I can't get no blank. And instead of matching the stars and whoever can match the most celebrities wins, it's for each one you get is 100 uh, points. I don't even think it's dollars, was it? It was just points? I'm going to have to double check. I don't want to feel like an idiot if I say like, oh, they w- they got money and then and, and they didn't. But uh, okay. So in the 90 version, yeah, it's money. Okay. So for each match that they get in the fill in the blank round, it's worth $50. Yes. 50 bucks. Oh boy. Uh, and then after that exciting round of funny comedy, what if we just did like the bonus round with the easy blanks, but maybe like a speed round 
where you had to match as many people as many times uh, match a celebrity as many times as you can in 30 seconds for $50 a correct match and this time you had they the it got to lock in an answer and you had to say what the answer is for instance blank pie apple pie or humble pie and then it's like match or no match and we keep going uh bird blank bird brain bird cage no match to which i say that doesn't work as a game format because if it was me i would just hijack the game and keep picking a and keep picking the first response and just holding up a number one and just letting people know i'm picking the first answer because it doesn't matter whatsoever pick the first response bird brain bird cage bird brain that's a match ding we then go into the third round because we've had an exciting, funny comedy speed round where we do another fill in the blank. But this time it's worth $100 a match. Oh, wait, no, wait, wait a minute. No, round two, they still got 50 bucks per match. They never up the, the stakes, but you can still match all six celebrities for a potential $300. Wow. But then in the final speed round, 45 seconds for $100, which made the game game-breaking because, once again, pick the first answer, but for more time and for more money, meaning none of the first two rounds meant anything, and the comedy came second to crossword blank. Crossword clues, crossword puzzle. It's, it was so bad. It's so bad. They wanted to make sure you can fill an hour and have four acts. Not an hour. Fill a half hour and have four acts. So it wasn't just three acts because you had one round, round two, and those super match. No, this time they decided speed round will cover up a round, and round two would cover up a round. So we now have enough time we could do the super match as the bonus round in the final act where you get to do one final super match and originally it was the same where it was 500 for the first answer 250 for the second third for the first but then somewhere down the line they went no actually let's make it 500 300 200 why because it's the most money and it doesn't matter and if you're wrong you still get a hundred bucks to play with yeah okay so then they get to uh spin the wheel and it's a super match wheel so the five thousand could be ten thousand dollars if it lands on the double but they have to match the celebrity one final head-to-head match uh if the arrow is on them and they win they get it if not oh well and if they got twenty thousand dollars they had to retire from the show yeah. So anyway, we are in the early 90s, 1990 and 1991. And while ABC kind of went, well, I don't know, uh, they kind of said, yeah, you're not worth our time. We're going to replace you with the like afternoon news. You're not really giving us the ratings. So in 1991, right near the end of the show, they said the show will be moving to another channel, another time very shortly. But it never happened. I guess the rumor was going to be it was going to air on CBS and, and brought back. But no, it didn't. 
Match Game was the last daytime game show to ever air on ABC. So now we move on. And we're in the 90s. We're now in the peak of the 90s. The 90s is the anti-90s. I always bring up the anti-90s because everything was the reverse game show. You had things like Trash where you lose your prizes. And your prizes are your own personal belongings. Ha ha, you idiot. You had uh, anti-heroes in in comic books like like Spawn and Venom make them rings. Punisher would be like all over the place. Well, you can't. What? No, the bad guys are the good guys. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the main protagonist in WWF. You had singled out where it was like, look, it's okay to be horny. Look at that. Wow. And of course, you had large amounts of. of pushback with sexism and racism and and all this other stuff to which it's like well fuck you fuck you i could do whatever i want because it's the 90s the anti-90s and you would think because of all of this great like provocative humor because comedy central is back on the air and you can say like hey where's your meds grandpa that they would still have like a show but no, no, they they didn't. They tried to pitch one in 1996 as MG2, the match game, uh, and it didn't work. And they tried to make it silly and points, but it didn't work. Pilot failed. It wasn't until the very end of the 90s that we got to see the next return to match game. Almost a decade later, from 1990 or 99, and Michael Berger would end up hosting Michael Berger as very few people know is not really a hamburger but he was a pretty much a comedian and a comedy actor who did a lot of different uh pilots of game shows so things like straight to the heart which never I think saw the light of day I remember they tried to do man oh man on uh UPN once he hosted Iron Chef when uh, Ray Combs passed away doing Family Challenge, Michael Berger hosted season two at Universal Studios. Uh, that he he's one of those uh, good. He's always like the 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 bridesmaid, never the bride on these game shows. Like it's always someone else's show, and I always felt like that was kind of a slap in the face because he's very funny and he's has that wicked like TV dad energy that was in a lot of hosts at the time. I know Alan Thick would be the comparison in, in some cases. But um, in this new and improved version of Match Game from 1998 to 1999, it's like the original Match Game, but not because it's those six celebrities. It's five celebrities. And what I mean by it's like the original, not at all. But there's no super speed round match thing, which was game breaking with an a b and you just pick a or always b no it's a fun round where you get to match the stars in two funny categories similar to millionaire well not millionaires uh, it's two funny categories similar to win ben stein's money or pyramid uh which would set the scene up to the funny uh line where you get to match with people like george hamilton and coolio and judy tenuta None of these people had the same bravado as Charles Nelson Riley 
or Brett Summers or even Richard Dawson. So they would get a silly prompt, fill in a blank, just like in match game. But now if you match the star, you get one point. And this would be repeated three times. One point in round one. One point in round two. Two points in round three. Whoever had the most points after round three would go on to the final round. Yay. So in the exciting final round of Match Game 1999, they get to win up to $5,000, which was game show minimum in 1990s, was $5,000. Just want to remind people, Fremont brought back Match Game with a $5,000 prize, which means it didn't even change its prize budget from the original Match Game in 1970s. If you match the pro- if you match the top one, if 500 bucks, you get the second most popular answer. You get 500 for top answer, 250 for second place, $100 for third place. If you don't match, you get 50 bucks and a chance to get 10 times that amount in the final super match. One final head-to-head match for $5,000. But look, there's TV screens and a nice Art Deco and uh, like a snazzy theme song. Well, this show is Match Game. I was told it's very fun. But I would not watch this show if my head was near a gun. Pretending to laugh with sex or boobs or penis button fart. As lasting another second is probably the worst part. Say penis, boobs, or piss. This show's always been a big hit and miss. The jokes are old or gray. Happy boobs are even gay. Well, the show is Match Game. I was told it's very fun. But I would not watch this show if my head was near a gun. Pretending to laugh with sex or boobs or penis button fart. This lasting another second is probably the worst part. Yeah, okay, let's just fucking end this. I, I did not like this match game version. I was nine at the time, and even then, I was not like at all giggling or laughing. And this was like, here is Coolio saying peanuts on national television as the joke. And it just didn't fit. It didn't gel well. And obviously, it ended. Uh, so, no more match game. Uh, until 2006, they brought it back with Game Show Marathon. Uh, uh, Ricky Lake was the host, and they had uh, uh, Betty White, George Foreman, Kathy Griffin, Bruce Valanche, Adam Carolla, and Adrian Curry on the panel. Eh, it happened. They even had a pilot for TBS uh, featuring Andy Daly as the host, and I thought, okay, that's good. Uh, and then, oh, well, I don't know. No other match games for decades like we're in the 2000s remember 2000s the dry well of game shows until 2010 when canada's comedy channel comedy network would have a new version of match game with darren rose and it was cheap as fuck it's canada what do you want it's canada so you got caroline ray and other canadian comedians and Darren Rose, which actually was a good kind of casting choice because he has this great sense of humor. 
but all I can remember is just the way he presents the show is kind of like, let's play match game. But eh, what they did was they tur- they were playing with points. So it was you get 100 points in rounds one and two. Then in the third round, they brought back the 1990s matchup round. And whoever had the most points would win. That's it. So whoever won the show would not get points. They would get the cash equivalent. So if you won with 300 points, you got $300. If you won with 550 points, you got $550. But now uh, they've basically determined the value of the head-to-head match. So you got to keep that money no matter what. But now uh, you get to play the super match to determine your cash prize. Uh, top answer will be worth 2500 uh, if you get second most popular, it's two thousand. If you get third most popular, it's fifteen hundred. And one thousand if you just screwed up royally. Uh, then you get to be the lucky spill spin. If it doubles, you could double your money, so you can win up to five thousand. Originally, it's two thousand, fifteen hundred, one thousand five hundred, making it four thousand dollars. But season two was much better. Anyway, they made a five thousand dollar cash prize in Canada. Canada's match game. It ended after two seasons. So we are now in a dry spell. No one wanted game show. They didn't want match game. But then I think something really insane happened. Game shows made a recovery. You got to remember ABC Summer Fun and Games at the time at Celebrity Family Feud. And they had Pyramid. And we love Pyramid. So they decided, well, we need another celebrity game show. What else is there? And they decided at the 10 o'clock spot, because this is, you know, that you're, this is the weird, you know, in uh, watershed hours. What if we brought back Match Game? Whoa, that's great. Because you see, Match Game's a provocative game show. And it would fit right there with Family Feud because Penis Steve... And $100,000 pyramid because someone is miming uh, twerking. So they brought it back for a one season. This was a, for many people, they thought this was a one and done. And the host is Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin hosted Match Game. And in the first season, he donated all his money to charity. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then they got picked up for season two, season three, and kept going. But now they decide, you know what? If we're doing match game, we got to bring it back. we got to update this. So now there's monitors on the screen. There's no egg crates. The displays of the celebrities, they have lock-in instruments. It looks all nice. The the jokes, they're still the same old, this guy's old, this guy's fat, this guy's dumb. But now it, it's kind of in the modern age. Now there's modern questions and TV clues and fill in the funny meme for some reason. Or let's bring in somebody and then have a joke at their expense. Well, I don't get that, but it's Match Game and this is Alec Baldwin and this is in New York with New York celebrities. And by that, I mean people that I remember from Saturday Night Live. So... 
you get to match like Ellie Kemper and Titus Burgess and Rick Fox maybe or Caroline Ray and then you get weird casting calls like let's match Sarah Palin or RuPaul which is like yeah okay I can see RuPaul that's a celebrity but what what and it's all the same kind of jokes and it feels a little watered down but they're trying to amp up that now you can say come on television and you're trying to go full on into like oh gross out ooh, haha but it plays exactly like the original 1970s there's no matchup there's no speed round and unlike in 1998 they decided to do six celebrities to keep it exactly like the 70s and to make it even better, to make it actually feel like you're watching a brand new revived version of Match Game, which is where I can give praise to this, even though it's like, eh, with the jokes and uh, with the name guessing and fill in the blank. Where it goes right is how it interpreted the new reboot of the show. If you're going to reboot the show, 1970s, $5,000 is a lot of money. Five times that amount is 25000 So if you're going to bring this back, make the grand prize 25000 because that way it feels like you know you're not skimping on a game show budget like every other version going for $5,000 on the comedy silly thing. So in the new version of Match Game, whoever wins by matching the most stars of the two rounds of play, unless they go into a tiebreak, gets to play the, the super match. Most popular answers were $5,000. That's theirs to keep no matter what. Then they, if they get second most popular, it's $3,000 no matter what. If they fail, it's $2,000 no matter what. If they just bomb and don't get any matches, it's $1,000, which is, hey, game show like consolation prizes $1,000, which is also perfect. Game show, game show minimum is the minimum you can give away as a top prize. Game show consolation is $1,000, the minimum you give away to a contestant for losing on the show, even though there's a loser already on the show, and that's the person who doesn't get the most money, who doesn't match with the star, they get to go backstage and they get consolation prize, maybe 500 bucks. I don't know, but they get 1000 bucks for, for, for winning the show. Or they get up to $5,000 if they win the, the super match. So you got $5,000 that's yours no matter what. Now we get to see if you want to play for five times that amount or $25,000. And it plays like the old school game. You pick whoever you want to head-to-head match to. No spinning of the wheel, which also was a thing in 1998. You know, you get just pick whoever you want. You get to pick whoever you want. Why is that? Because they realize, wait, there is no Richard Dawson in this version. So I guess we can go back. There's no sent like permanent spot and they were trying desperately and i think they still are of trying to figure out who is their charles and brett summers and who is that richard dawson um but it's not working it still has not worked in any version of the new match game i have tried to watch the new match game and enjoying it but to me it, it feels exactly like all the other versions it's just Oh, it's the obvious gay joke. It's the obvious sexist joke. It's the obvious joke about millennials loving social media. Okay. And you're you're sitting there going like, this is the same match game I remember and just getting bored by. 
So I guess mission accomplished. This is match game. But at the same time, if people love match game, they know what you love about match game. You want provocative questions, fill in the blank and say something silly and big money. 25,000 is up for grabs and that's decent for the show. Alec Baldwin is the perfect host to do this. Now that I think about it, because when I originally, you think of Gene Rayburn, you think like a smarmy type. You think like a, hey, how's it going? We know, whatever. It's a train wreck kind of show. Almost like a gong show. But Alec Baldwin, his presentation is basically a parody of most modern game show hosts. Because he's trying to be that 1970s classy guy. Hey, how's it going, Ellie Kemper? Hey, I'm Bebel Kimmy Schmidt. What's what's your answer? Hey, look over here. Amy Poehler. Hey, Amy Poehler. What's going on? So-and-so, you're on the good place. What's up? Hey, what's up, Jack Brayer? Remember 30 Rock? What a fantastic show that was. What's your answer? Hey, bye-bye, sugar. What's up, sugary? Yeah, whatever. Sugar, sugar, honey, honey. What? But at the same time... It's clear that he keeps playing up the fact that it's like, I'm Alec Baldwin, I'm hosting a game show. Because in our modern game show world that we live in, it seems like every big name celebrity is hosting the game show. So it's like Jamie Foxx with Beach Shazam, or Elizabeth Banks with Press Your Luck, or I guess Joel McHale is... is well, Joel McHale is kind of in that, that next level. I mean, he, community, he was the lead. But this is Alec Baldwin, you know, think the boss baby himself, Alec Baldwin, going, eh, you know, what's up, sugar? What's up, buddy? You know, hey, you know, it's the game. We're playing the match game. Okay, well, that's fine. And it's almost like, almost now I think about like Troy Stevens and, and You Don't Know Jack, too. Um, but while it's not for me, this match game with Alec Baldwin, it just feels like Saturday Night Live people doing shit. It feels like I'm watching Hollywood Game Night. Let's just plug your stand-up special on Netflix with Michael Che, who's clearly not having a good time, or Jason Alexander, who's just there to be like, I still have a, j- a job in Hollywood. It's a show that exists. I'm glad it exists. It goes to show you I don't need to watch every game show to appreciate them, because I think this is kind of Cards Against Humanity before its time, and it could still work now. It feels like Quiplash. We have Quiplash now. It's still the same fill-in-the-blank, do-a-funny-joke. Um, the, the match game still fits that mold. But now when I think about it, with all this American match game, because there's a lot to appreciate, I haven't really gotten time to talk about Across the Pond. Because while this show was successful in America for many years, I think it has another uh, variant over in the UK. Look, I'm a big fan of Matt Berry, so if I was going to play the blankety blank thing, I wanted to use his cover, okay? I'm a big fan of what we do in the shadows and, and his role in the IT crowd. He's just a very funny comedy actor. Anyway, so Blankety Blank is the UK equivalent to uh, our match game. And I figure, while I'm so acceptable to match game, I know across the pond 
it was a successful show from 79 onward. And the weird thing is, Blankety Bank was almost been on the air almost every year until 2002. So it was played like... Because their version of the game show is similar yet different. They don't play with money on the show. They play for blanks. It's the same game as we've talked about earlier, where it's match the celebrities, but their celebrities are like soap opera stars and comedy actors. Uh, Humphrey Leelton was once on the show. Humph. Uh, it's like, I enjoy that. It's like people who are who's who in comedy, not really Monty Python folks, sorry. But the who's who in comedy were were there. And it got me thinking here, which was the fun part, is uh, the three hosts. There were three different generations of hosts in the show. I'll get to each one of them in a bit. So in their version, because they don't really want to give away cash prizes, even though I could, I could see a thousand pounds being given out for the show, um... They decided to play for blanks, and these blanks are basically tickets that you win for prizes. So you can get, like, for 50 blanks, you get a food processor. For 100 blanks, you can get this uh, children's train set. For 150, a television. Ooh. And then in the super match um, game, it's played for double. So 100, 200, 300. But those are totally different prizes. So it's the CDs. It's the easel and paint. Or it's the stereo. Ooh. But the consolation prize on the show, because those are the winners get the prizes. The consolation prize is a blankety blank checkbook and pen, which is silver. Now, in each version, there's a different presenter, and I want to get into each one of these because I feel like each one of them was kind of fun. So, uh, the first one is a guy named Terry Wogan. I, I feel like I this is my chance to talk about the, the trilogy of hosts, Terry Wogan, Les Dawson, and Lily Savage, which people will we'll get to that in a bit. So, Terry Wogan is it's like classic like almost like a like a, a sn like if you think snooty host like if you think british like that's who he kind of was he felt like your classic bbc guy he had the little stick microphone and almost i would say it played more like alec baldwin match game than it did uh than it really actually did for for gene rayburn because terry wogan's just basically going like okay we're playing look look at the match game so here we go um the Bobby one said, I had to stop and frisk this one kid, but he dropped his blank on the floor. Oh, and sometimes there would be something where, because it's Terry Wogan, he's just like this dignified uh, <laughs> presenter on, on all sorts of things. And he's just like, I love to read. I love to write. I love to do documentaries. I love to present. I just love talking about everything. Whenever there's something that required like him doing an accent or pretending to be something else, like he's Australian or the Welshman, or like the Irishman, or like the Canadian, or the American. He would try and do an accent, like, oh, the American one said, okay, okay, this is going to be, this is very fantastic. The American said, I can't wait to go to. <laughs> and everyone's like, this is the shittiest impersonation ever, and just heckle Terry Wogan as he talks with this little microphone. 
whoever gets the most points would still win the blank and goes onto the big blank board to win the the money the the, the little prizes so nothing really changed but instead of like here's a train wreck host who clearly doesn't know what's going on uh and in ross schaefer a guy who just kind of feels like generic game show host michael berger who feels like he wants to be provocative but can't really figure out how to set the stage and alec baldwin who's like i don't want to be here but it pays well you have terry wogan who basically is sitting there like i i run this this is my show and he can't have control of the set no one has authority with with terry wogan and uh he basically gets uh he basically becomes the butt of most of the jokes in the show because so, now they try to treat him like he's the game show host and we're gonna make fun of game show hosts in this and it's like you're not really this isn't really cerebral this is just blankety blank and he is just this fantastic man with great chat ability great talk ability like people love him he has a lot of charity work and to me i think when i think blankety blank i think of the terry wogan era originally because even though i lo- i think of all three hoes because each of them presents something different terry wogan was the like all right uh it's time you know what uh terry it's time for you to uh you know my name is terry too that's great so uh a or b what would you like to pick wow that's fantastic here we go here is to get a to get a match uh so sally one said i when i go to the supermarket i once accidentally felt uh, i went to the produce section and when i was rubbing the blanks i thought man that felt familiar to me in the bedroom and it, like that's and it's like the same kind of like provocative humor and it was still you need to have a good wit to win and i thought that was fun and he presented that show for decade and then when he left everyone's like oh no this is not going to be good this is bad and it became a new presenter a guy by the name of les dawson and this wasn't in the later 80s and if I had to compare him with any host, I would say Bill Rafferty in America. But he was not Bill Rafferty. This was like, uh, this was the a alternate. If Terry Wogan was like dignified man, who's just like we're having a good time. Les Dawson is the Brit- is British bully man. Look at the burger man. <laughs> I can't believe, and that's just blankety black. <laughs> And he would, and these, the first thing he did was he snapped the microphone, the little stick microphone, the iconic game show microphone, because he had himself a lavalier. He didn't need to do that. He had the big bushy flower, and he was ready to play some blankety blank. We're going to have a, f- oh, man. And, and in this version, where Terry Wogan would just be like trying to do like the backhanded company, like, that was a good answer. It was the wrong question, but that was a great answer. I can't believe it. It was fantastic. Les Dawson would be like, man, you really bungled this one up. You fucking, like, like you can't believe you fucked this one up. I can't just look at this fucking nut. Like, and he's just sitting there like, just like, I would cast, like to me, if so, if you just looked at him and went, and talked to Americans that that's Winston Churchill, I would be like, yeah, sure. That's Winston Churchill. <laughs> because he had that same kind, because he had this demeanor of like, I'm, I'm like the tough puppet. I'm here to have fun. And it's clear he was an actor, and this is like he loves to act, so he loved to play with everybody. He played with the contestants, he played with the host. And 
when it gets time to like someone goes on to the final round instead of just going like oh tough luck i'm so sorry he would just ham it up with like oh so sorry but you know no one walks away empty-handed on blankety blank because you're walking away with the blankety blank chick and just like he just like like treats it like it's the greatest prize in the history of game shows because <laughs> at the time i guess it was um but and like he would just catch his breath like you Checkbook and pen. <laughs> and I just thought that was like that was to me that is like a guy who clearly is like this is like the weirdest show and you know what I'm having fun with this and that's a rarity in the world of game shows especially in Britain someone who can have fun at the position they were in so for me that that's why Les Dawson was one of the iconic blankety blank hosts even though their version suffered slightly in different rounds. But then, in the 90s, uh, Paulo Grady uh, would actually be the host. Uh, funny comedian, actor guy. And he was also a drag performer, playing under his character, Lily Savage. So, just want to throw this out here. Imagine RuPaul's Snatch Game in 1990. You would have enjoyed it, right? Yeah. All right. So you had Lily Savage's blankety blank and this version, they went all in on this like weird art deco font and staircases and Paula Gray would just play the Lily Savage character, which is like most drag queens, the diva character that doesn't have time for bullshit and just wants to just say the the caustic things and the, the snarkiest jokes about celebrities and just go like did you get fat did you look out did you did something with your hair it looks bad like that is the uh lily savage character and they would bring up the fact like even though everything is new like there's still hiccups like someone screws up on, on the super match panel board or the the match didn't really register so she would just smack the the board and it it became kind of like a silly version of the show um and she would make fun of like how the prizes in the old version sucked and this is better because now we have like a double toaster we don't have one toaster so that's something our color tv actually can get this channel isn't that fantastic and it's like okay so she's making fun of the prizes still make fun of the contestants and this was probably the definitive blankety blank for me because this is the one where, of all the versions of Blankety Blank, I actually did enjoy. Because this felt like no one enjoyed what was going on. And it felt like a train wreck. It felt like a gong show. But it felt like a, a very fascinating version of the show. And then the prizes got better because instead of like, here's a stereo. Or here's like a color television. Or here's a lawnmower or something. It is here's like a holiday to cyprus or, or an actual like vacation trip somewhere decent and it's like yeah you did a great job that to me that's like what that's the that's we actually have a prize budget now and that's because of restrictions at bbc and other tv shows at the time for for giving away prizes so the, the lift was restricted and they decided to give better prizes out in the 90s and i think it was good for it and Lily Savage's version of Blankety Blank with Paula Grady 
was like a smart, smart version. And then uh, the show ended in 1999, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think it ended in 99, maybe 2000. I'm going to double check real quick. Let me check. Yeah, 99. And it came to an un- it came to a sad end. But they kept doing uh, repeats and one-off editions for, for charities. And... Uh, then you had other people try and host it. Terry Wogan reprised the role in 2004, a one-off. They did an interactive DVD game with Terry Wogan. Uh, you had a Game Show Marathon edition. But in the comic relief 24-hour panel people, which was like uh, the, the which was the inspiration behind many charity game show events at the t- uh, of our, our generation, the uh, 24-hour panel people, Paula Grady reprised the role as host of Blankety Blank, but not as Lily Savage, just as himself. And he was joking about how he forgot the rules of the show because it was like fucking 20 years ago. Um, And then in 2016, four years ago, around the same time as Magic Game making its own revival with Alec Baldwin, David Walliams uh, was the presenter for a one-off Christmas special on ITV. Uh, And that version... Also had blankety blanks and different prices. It was a Christmas themed episode, and I will say that was actually like a really, really good version of blankety blank as well. That felt like our modern match game with Baldwin brought over there, and it's like if this is like to me that was like the closest you got to Wogan. Now David Williams was actually a pretty decent host. Obviously, I think they picked him because of the Red Nose Day specials and, and the and the panel people, but at the same time, I think that. He was a good choice because he's a comedian and he made like the joke of this is a a special Christmas episode also known as like a test pilot. Like this is the pilot because it was it was a pilot to see if people had interest in this and I guess nothing really came of it, which kind of sucks now that I think about it, but it got me thinking like I think that that show could show up in the UK, but I'm not going to fucking do my whole, if I was the presenter, I would get so-and-so and so If I was Mr. Producer Man, oh boy, I would get so-and-so and so-and-so. No. If I, ha- if I had to pick a choice, though, Matt Barry, I think Matt Barry would be the dignified new host of Blankety Blank if they ever brought that back to the UK. Why? Because I love Matt Barry, and two... Because I think that voice would work so much because it has a bit of Terry Wogan. But he has the charisma of almost all three of the hosts. And you can probably uh, mess around with, like, the panel things. Because then you can get, like, your crappy... Because I think with the way that they handle celebrity in the UK, you can get your, like, Love Island or, or Toei people on the show now, and you could really just dig on them and just have him, like, well, what made you fucking famous? Because that usually is a big joke on a lot of shows. That would never fly in our American game shows. No, no, no. But in the UK, absolutely. So, in conclusion, a match game is an okay game show. I don't care much for it. But I understand its appeal, its cultural appeal, its countercultural fill-in-the-blank joke book game that people love to play. I also understand Blankety Blank as a touchstone in UK television. In its three uh, tr- is trilogy of, of of presenters, 
and the way that they handle checkbooks and pens over there and consolation prizes and mainline prizes to make it a game show in its own that can hold its own water and not really be like the American version to a T and still end up being a fun show to watch. And to me, that's why I would consider this a great game show. Is it my favorite? No. Does that break the promise of this? Maybe. But if it wasn't for Match Game, if it wasn't for that 1950s crap version, you wouldn't get the 70s version. You would not get Family Feud, which means no Steve Harvey. You would also not get things like um, Blankety Blank in the UK, which means Terry Wogan, Les Dawson, Paula Grady. What, present, what would they be presenting at this time? In the history of game shows... Match game is such a silly format, but it fits. I should also bring out that they also brought the show back in 1996 with Shane Bourne and it wasn't good in the Australian version. I don't really want to talk about that one. Sorry if you wanted me to talk about Ugly Dave Gray on the panel and Graham Kennedy. It's just not, not really... Not really one of my favorites now apparently uh graham kenny did win an award for the show so it, it happens it's they play for a thousand dollars in australian currency just deduct everything by five from america that's all anyway that's going to do it for me here uh i just want to say penis boobies ass fart uh penis vagina sex uh top bottom switch grinder uh fellatio and uh car carpet burn yeah i i i got to go to sleep good night